This podcast channel is about you, successful international entrepreneurs, successful expats, successful investors, sponsored by HCJ Contacts. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Darren Joseph from HCJ.tax, and we're a team of cross-border tax advisors that seek to demystify the sometimes confusing world of international tax. And today, we have the honor and the privilege of having an in-depth conversation with Senor Jose Aguilar-Shea. Jose, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Of course. Thanks a lot, Darren, and for the opportunity. And, and obviously, yeah. happy to chat about the Spanish Texas. So I I'm a tax partner in, in, in international firm Squire Pet and Bugs, based in, in Spain, in Madrid, Spain. And, and obviously, it was very used to working with international private clients, moving to Spain and planning ahead. So this is, I hope we can make a useful conversation to anyone mm -hmm. looking to, to move to Spain or having cross-border issues. Fantastic. Appreciate it. So I just want to jump right in and talk about the Beckham Law. So it just, you know, as, a, as an outsider, obviously it was designed with, with specific use cases in, in mind, but we found ourselves in situations where just like a, anybody moving to Spain, you know, gets this company structured and uses it as a way to, to optimize their tax. My concern is, and tell me if I'm justified in thinking this way, if the company isn't actually doing anything functional, is there a risk that the Spanish tax office sees through the arrangement and sets it aside? Definitely, Darren. I think it's good to make questions on this because, I mean, as you know, unlike other special tax regimes, Spain does have some specific requirements. It's not like the Italian or the Portuguese, where you can even go there and kind of retire or lay low and just mm -hmm. have a special tax. And the Spanish regime actually requires that you are linked to a Spanish employment contract or a director mm -hmm. in a company. So as you point out, one of the potential risks that you have is like mm -hmm. when you raise this to a client, they say, okay, don't worry, I'll just set up a company and become an employee at the company, right? Which I don't blame them, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone has to be creative. But mm -hmm. in, in one of the arguments that we had with the authorities is that until last year, the company where you become an employee or a director cannot be owned by the individual benefiting from yeah. the regime or any family member. So mm -hmm. now, in line with what you point out, now from 2023, the new rule improved this. We had a startup law, which one of the improvements to attract capital, attract mm -hmm. investment, attract, attract uh, qualified employees, uh, qualified businesses, was to allow individuals to move to Spain, set up a company, and become under the Be Beckham law within their mm -hmm. own company. So this mm -hmm. is an interesting point. And to your point, where we had some anti-abusive or abusive situations, they said, you can benefit from the special tax regime in a company that you set up on your own, provided it's not what we call an asset holding company, which mm. means that it operates a business activity. So that's where that's where we come, how far can we go? Is, can mm -hmm. I just buy, a, uh, can I buy a house and rent it out? Well, mm -hmm. that's not actually a business activity, right? Then we go to the case by case, right? If you open up mm -hmm. a restaurant, you have mm -hmm. 10 employees and you become your director of that, that's fully valid. I mean, do we right. need a mining company? No. Can real estate be applicable? Yes. But it needs mm -hmm. to be an active business in the wide mm -hmm. country, right? Where you have people working, you have substance, you have an active business, right? 
Mm. Okay, so just to kind of quickly summarize, so before this, well, I guess this is part of what's commonly known the digital nomad regime. So before that, yes, the Beckham Law was probably the only game in town and there was some risk associated with it. But now that you have this new regime that kicked in this year, you don't need to take those risks. So you can just, you can own your company and you can set yeah. that up once it, yeah. it's operational. It's not passive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the point is that we've seen structures where you say, well, don't worry, I could find someone to hire me. And then right now, currently I'm in a tax inspection where they're claiming, okay, you were a taxman, but you're a high net worth individual. Let mm -hmm. me see proof of your employee. So mm -hmm. because the fact is that we haven't had that much scrutiny of the tax authorities around this regime. But lately, mm -hmm. we've seen a lot more, let's say, aggressive, just trying to, okay, prove, prove that that's an actual employee. But that's the mm -hmm. standard abusive situation that you can have. The only thing where mm -hmm. they did, they kind of relaxed the situation now is that before, mm -hmm. you can see people that set up a company, no, okay, I have a friend that's hiring mm -hmm. me, and that's where yeah. it gets complicated. So now they said, no, mm -hmm. straightforward. You can set up your mm -hmm. own company. You can set up your own business. The only mm -hmm. thing, it needs to be an active business. Mm -hmm. So that's where it kind of opens up a lot more opportunities for creation, which are not mm -hmm. abusive. So the only risk mm -hmm. that you have at hand is that mm -hmm. it's not an active business. So mm -hmm. you're not able to set up a company, become a director, and, okay, not do anything. Because that's right. or buy a house and live in yeah. that house. That, that, doesn't, mm -hmm. that doesn't work, right? It has to be an active mm -hmm. business in the broad mm -hmm. concept of, as I said, a, a, a business operation. Right. And in terms of industries that the tax office would look for, they look for, I don't know, contracts, supply arrangements, uh, you know, just there's some normal things that you would expect to have in, in, in running a company, right? As evidence. That's it. Right. Again, that it's yeah. a new, that is a mm -hmm. new regime that yeah. applies under what you said within the mm -hmm. nomad visa and other beneficiaries, mm -hmm. uh, properties that were approved on that. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it's what you would standardly understand to running a business, and that would okay. allow you to become under the mm -hmm. Beckham law and no issue. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Another tax planning tool that I hear about a lot is the PPLI, the Private Placement Life Insurance. Are you familiar with that as a pre-immigration planning tool for moving to Spain? If so, how effective is it? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you refer to the Unilink that they've seen. I mean, there's a way... That, mm -hmm. that it's kind of a deferral situation where you put the money with an insurance and yes. then at the end of the day you try to exclude the impact on inheritance tax or in wealth tax there has been yeah, some yeah. amendments on that because that was mm -hmm. a classic planning which was sold in in a while especially in latin america and now mm -hmm. it has lost its beneficiaries within the wealth tax and it mm -hmm. right now works as a mechanism as tax deferral when you don't want to be able to pay taxes on any income that it comes through. But again, when you're in the Beckham law, you don't actually need that because right. you're going to be in tax on your Spanish source income and Spanish wealth, uh, wealth assets. Mm -hmm. But that is a situation where some people cannot benefit from the special regime. You're able to mm -hmm. somehow defer the taxation. And actually mm -hmm. this morning, I was just with a private client trying to find ways to kind of minimize the, the wealth tax and the in income tax going forward. And there's some mm -hmm. mechanism that apply within, as you said, mm -hmm. the private placement will work and there's others that we can also comment on. Right, so the PPLI can work for the, the wealth tax. And I guess generally for state planning as well, you know, given the forced airship rules, uh, is that a legitimate way of getting your assets to the right person that you want to get it to in your family? Yes, I mean, historically mm -hmm. Spain, 
has been a lot more straightforward because we don't recognize we don't recognize that they we were not part of the Hague Convention of Recognition of Trust. So yeah. those the tax authorities have been direct that uh, under a trust structure, those are considered tax transparent and either it's let's say the assets are allocated to the beneficiaries if it is deemed to be it considers a gift to the beneficiaries mm -hmm. from the settler or mm -hmm. if the settler is also the beneficiary that the trust has taken is not incorporated right so mm -hmm. the, the way that it was done it was <clears throat> it was in a way that you can set up like family-owned businesses you can mm -hmm. set up this insurance you can set mm -hmm. up again there's a way that you were mentioning that there's other ways with private foundations but mm -hmm. historically, we've been pretty reluctant to do that because the ways that I, the classic private foundations were mm -hmm. in Panama or Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein is a tax haven, Panama mm -hmm. as well. And they have been used mm -hmm. historically more for hiding cash at the time, right, in the 80s, 90s. Mm -hmm. So the tax mm -hmm. authorities steer a, a little bit reluctance on, on those type of structures. And, and mm -hmm. now we're seeing that less effective when you're mm -hmm. trying to kind of exclude the impact of wealth tax and income taxes. Okay, so in other words, private foundations don't work. I mean, we can work yeah. it, but not as mm -hmm. much because then there was a we've set up, but like again, they would work, but not let me put it this way when not the whole mm -hmm. family moves to Spain. So I'm right. going to explain, for example, what we did, for yeah. example, for the US, mm -hmm. we had a Colombian individual owning a $60 million house in Miami, and mm -hmm. they obviously moving to Spain would have an impact potentially in wealth tax, depending, it would also have an income allocation and a presumed mm -hmm. income. So what they said, well, I don't want to give it to my my heirs yet. So mm -hmm. I want to put it in a U.S. trust. So they yeah. put the property in a U.S. trust. What we kind of managed to do is, well, we have to do some type of acknowledgement from a U.S. tax perspective that mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. not be considered as a transfer of the property, but mm -hmm. we could defend from a Spanish purposes when the beneficiaries, the heirs, are not mm -hmm. resident in Spain, that mm -hmm. they kind of they, we, the way we found out is doing an, acknowledge, an acknowledgement by the beneficiaries. Yeah. So we can consider that from a Spanish tax perspective, she actually transferred the property to the heirs. And so mm -hmm. therefore, it would move out of there of the property of the settler. Let's put it that mm -hmm. way. But when you have the beneficiaries in Spain, it doesn't it wouldn't work because it mm -hmm. would be considered as they already are the owners of the assets. But again, when when it's classic American families where we have one one part of the other, let's say the heirs, the trustee, or the mm -hmm. beneficiaries, we can kind of plan ahead using these type of vehicles that usually mm -hmm. come, it wouldn't come for family that are fully established in Spain to set up a trust, private mm -hmm. foundation. That's not something that we would have a classic uh, planning for purely Spanish families. For Spanish okay, so, ge so generally speaking, a way of, let's say, mitigating the wealth tax is to hold these foreign assets in a structure, generally speaking. Yes, when the beneficiaries mm -hmm. of such structures are not are not in in Spain, gotcha. And, okay. And just, yeah. I mean, to make the story brief, but the fact is that the mm -hmm. way we've tried to face this, we've had a lot of discussions with the tax authorities. Spain just doesn't recognize this trust, and to be frank, mm -hmm. they deem that the trust is a an abusive historical mm -hmm. ratio. Where again, mm -hmm. now I think more more days they're trying to understand that trusts are just state plan succession yeah. succession planning it may have it mm -hmm. may not have anything to do with trust plan with mm -hmm. tax plan it's just a succession mm -hmm. plan so the way we mm -hmm. can structure that is the way that we can consider that we pull out these structures mm -hmm. out of the person the individual mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we pull it out of the wealth tax filing for that purpose mm -hmm. right and from a spanish tax perspective we can consider let me put it this way from a pure civil perspective mm 
that mm -hmm. the ownership is not within the settler. So mm -hmm. we can work around the, the trust structure to understand where, from a pure settler perspective, what the mm -hmm. tax authority says that we do not recognize trust, which yeah. this means that the ownership is at the level of the settler or at the level mm -hmm. of the beneficiary. So what we try to do, build from a civil law perspective, is what is mm -hmm. the concept of ownership, right? So we mm -hmm. go to the civil mm -hmm. law and say, well, we have to determine whether the, the ownership is in the level of the settler or the beneficiary. Mm -hmm. Something mm -hmm. that from an unwell perspective, it doesn't make sense because we're claiming, no, the ownership mm -hmm. is with the trust. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't work in Spain. So we're trying yeah. to say, when we don't have one of the parties, who are we trying to attract the property from a Spanish tax perspective? To the beneficiaries mm -hmm. or to the uh, settler? So that's where we kind of able to work around these rules in Spain. Okay, so but but generally speaking, a trust is looked upon as an abusive structure, and well, this, yeah, that, that was more this the historical structure. Now I think right. we're mm -hmm. commonly it's not used by Spanish families yet. It's not a common, mm -hmm. but again, I mean, international movement, the globalization. We have a lot of families coming through, so mm -hmm. I mean, so that's that's no issue. And 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 again, we do have CFC rules, which, as you mm -hmm. understand, their beam allocation of income mm -hmm. and yeah. that sometimes are penalized because they have yeah. a higher tax rate. But since mm -hmm. trusts are purely tax transparent, the mm -hmm. trust income would be directly allocated as capital income. So that's, mm -hmm. that could work. I mean, we can live with them. It's just mm -hmm. that it would because, but usually it's not something that a Spanish resident would sit up. It would mm -hmm. be something that would be planned ahead in mm -hmm. the, let's say the source country where the person is coming from. Right. So Understood. we can live around them, but they're not that used to for Spanish. Uh, and what about tr private trust companies? Same? Similar? Yes. I mean, the, the only difference mm -hmm. is with, the, let me put it, what we call the private foundations, is that yeah. the Spanish tax authorities have made a differentiation that private foundations do have legal personality. So they have, mm -hmm. they have accepted that these mm -hmm. foreign tr uh, foundations are able mm -hmm. to be considered as legal ownership of assets. Yeah. The problem mm -hmm. that we have here is that depending on how it's structured, they mm -hmm. could be, could be you. I mean, it could be um, a higher tax burden. Let me put it this right. way. We are considering that we transfer the assets to a trust that's not possible, but we transfer mm -hmm. the assets to a private foundation. Mm -hmm. The problem is that, in a, that when the private foundation transferred to the beneficiary, mm -hmm. it is considered as a, from a non-kingship, um, a mm -hmm. owner transfer. So that mm -hmm. means that when you have, let's say you have beneficial tax treatment for direct kingship ownership, transfer of assets mm -hmm. from parents to a daughter between mm -hmm. spouses, that has mm -hmm. a more beneficial tax treatment from an inheritance perspective. But mm -hmm. if we consider that there's been a transfer from a person, from let's say the father or mother to a private foundation, and then the private yeah. foundation to the, to the mm -hmm. daughter, son, mm -hmm. then there's a negative tax impact, whether mm -hmm. it would have gone directly from the father to the son. So then we have to be careful on how we structure. If, again, that works, if mm -hmm. we transfer the property and then the beneficiaries are not resident in Spain and then they receive mm -hmm. it under a different structure. But otherwise, mm -hmm. if the heirs are resident in Spain, there would be mm -hmm. a worse tax treatment. So that's why it would be tricky mm -hmm. to work that around, right? But we can, from a wealth tax, it could work because we can transfer mm -hmm. the property outside of the individual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Right. And, and I guess what makes it more complicated, as you pointed out earlier, a lot of these structures are available in so-called non-cooperative or blacklisted jurisdictions for Spain. And therefore, you have that additional layer of complexity to, to deal with, which is, you know, not something you want. Okay. There you go. That's it. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, some on to something more vanilla. So uh, many clients intend to retire in Spain. So they may be getting some sort of uh, social security from the US or private pension or public pension. How is that looked upon and treated from a Spanish tax perspective, generally speaking? Yeah, so the, 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 the pensions received from a foreign country are generally taxable as employment yeah. income. If there's a general yeah. basis and without going into detail, we have two separate tax baskets. The first mm -hmm. basket is, the, let's say, the general income, what it's called, which includes employment income, real estate income, mm -hmm. uh, image income, royalty income. And then we have the capital income, which we call the savings base, which is mm -hmm. basically dividends, interest, and capital gains, okay? Mm -hmm. We don't have a difference between long-term capital gains and short-term capital gains. We did at the mm -hmm. time, but currently we don't. So that mm -hmm. is, let's say, tax, the first basket, which is the general income, employment income is taxed from basket from 45 to 50%. Even mm -hmm. in, some in some regions, it goes up to 54. And then wow. the capital income goes from 20 mm -hmm. to 28 with the latest mm -hmm. uh, changes, which was an increase mm -hmm. to 28% in excess of 300,000 of capital income per year, mm -hmm. right? So that's how the baskets are, are applied. No, I, I was led to believe that if someone, while they're, let's say they were back in the US, they were working for the government and therefore their pension is pursuant to government or state employment, then potentially under the double tax agreement, it would be, it'll be taxable in the US, but not taxable in Spain. Am that I misunderstanding? I mean, yes, that is correct, Darren. The, mm -hmm. the, the tax treaties do provide some special rules on taxation, mm -hmm. sort of taxation of, of the origin of. Uh, of a uh, of, of pension. So generally the pensions are usually only taxable where uh, where the residency source, but there is some public specific pensions that could be taxed only at source. So there's no double taxation. But, and just by curiosity, Darren, just because I think it's a curious point that as you know, Spain, the Southern part of the, the Southern part of Europe is an attractive place to retire. Yeah. So we've yeah. had a bunch of, there is a curiosity where for example, the Spanish Danish tax treaty provided exclusive mm -hmm. taxation right at the residency. So there was an interesting mm -hmm. point where kind of uh, there was a bunch of Danish uh, retirement people moving to Spain and France, mm -hmm. whereby mm -hmm. all the money that didn't pay taxes in, in Denmark was then mm -hmm. being taxed in Spain and in France. So unilaterally, mm -hmm. the Danish government uh, canceled the Spain the Denmark tax treaty and this in the wow. France Denmark tax treaty because mm -hmm. they wanted to change that and neither Spain mm -hmm. or uh, or France has allowed that. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. curious where Denmark and Spain have tax treaties with all the European unions and same for France. So, the only yeah. one we don't have is with Denmark because there was yeah. that situation where the Danish tax treaty is pretty old and it only provided exclusive taxing rights at the residency country. So mm -hmm. Spain was taxing pensions coming from Denmark, which yep. again, Denmark had the right to claim that, well, mm -hmm. I gave a tax benefit for mm -hmm. all those pensions that were paid, placed privately and didn't pay taxes in Denmark. Now these people mm -hmm. are moving to Spain and Italy and, and, and France, and they're not mm -hmm. paying any taxes in Denmark and they're paying, mm -hmm. Spain is benefiting from that. So that's 
that was the discussion. But as you point out, there are some ways that because of the tax treaty could allow exclusion of taxation for certain pensions. Mm, okay, understood. So generally speaking, so we were saying that if someone is coming from, let's say, a common law jurisdiction, that, you know, things like trust may not be as efficient. So if, if unfortunately, sometimes clients come to you with, you know, bad habits, they already have structures in place. So you need to try and work with what they have. But if someone came to you like clean slate, they have nothing at all. What are the tools that you would normally pull out of your toolbox to work with them and, and that you find to be very helpful, generally speaking? Yeah, so I mean, the, the ways that we can have, let's say we, we don't benefit from the Beckham law and we're able to, mm -hmm. to apply, uh, let's say, I mean, the most concerning what I, I, I'm seeing, obviously, it's that income mm -hmm. tax. I mean, you kind of end up paying income tax anywhere and we can accept mm -hmm. that. I mean, there's Dubai, there's others. But the most uh, difficult situation to go around is to understand wealth tax, right? Because yeah. wealth yeah. tax doesn't make sense, right? I made my wealth. Why am I paying you yeah. for having my wealth, right? I'm already paying mm -hmm. income taxes, double tax. Mm -hmm. Spain is the only few countries that still has it. I mean, just so mm -hmm. you have a brief background, the wealth tax is kind of allocated to each region. So until mm -hmm. last year, like for example, regions as Madrid, Andalusia, or Galicia didn't have wealth tax because it was mm -hmm. fully, there was a 100% rebate on the tax. So it was tax free. Mm -hmm. But again, mm -hmm. to avoid that discussion between the regions, that mm -hmm. have so much different taxation, the federal government, the central government decided to approve an exceptional wealth tax on a federal level, which only mm -hmm. applied in those regions that actually didn't have a practical wealth tax. So mm -hmm. again, there's ways that we can work around that. For example, mm -hmm. one of the points that I think it's worth is if family-owned businesses, family-owned companies that actually are active within the, the individual or the family, would be mm -hmm. excluded from the wealth tax computation, right? Mm -hmm. The calculation. So that's important. If you have family-owned businesses, you have ways to structure that that are mm -hmm. saying a U.S. person still owns a business, has a business which is worth 20 million, 50 million, mm -hmm. whatever. If it mm -hmm. could be planned ahead so that mm -hmm. that asset that that business doesn't account for the wealth tax calculation. Mm -hmm. Right. right. Another, yeah. And just to make a, a small a, mm -hmm. a relevant point here is also is that mm -hmm. within this special tax that applies for worldwide assets, mm -hmm. now there's also a way that if you have the point on wealth tax is that it's a higher income tax burden. But mm -hmm. the point that they raised is if you have, let's put it the situation, you have lower income because you're retired and you just have a mm -hmm. small pension, but you have this big wealth, mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. able to minimize your mm -hmm. wealth tax exposure down to 80% reduction. So this, this means, mm -hmm. let me put the example, what are the Spanish authorities trying to avoid? Let's say my only asset is a building which is worth 10 million. Yeah. And you can get to a situation, but I have no income. So yeah. let's say I have to pay 200,000 in wealth tax, but I don't mm -hmm. have any income to pay that. Exactly. So it doesn't make yeah. sense that you penalize yeah. as well. So what they mm -hmm. said is, well, there's no zero tax, but mm -hmm. I'm able, if you're low income, you're mm -hmm. able to reduce your wealth tax exposure down to 20%, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. So, okay. and again, now you say, well, mm -hmm. but I have more on it, more assets. I have financial assets. I'm receiving capital income. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's what we have. How can we benefit from this rule that mm -hmm. we allow to have investments, not a direct investments, but you apply funds. And you know, it's mm -hmm. very common in Europe that we have a special funds transfer regimes where there's no taxation. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So reinvestment yeah. changes. So if you mm -hmm. instead of buying bonds and receiving 
monthly coupons or quarterly coupons if you can have a fund that invests in and in fixed income and mm -hmm. capital, whatever you want, but you're only taxed when you pull the money out. So that right. means that your actual income is zero. Mm -hmm. You have your yeah. yeah. contributed in different funds. So that's mm -hmm. the way you can plan. Instead of having your individual investments, you can do mm -hmm. a planning through investment funds. You have youth each, you have other ways of benefiting from that from a regulated, regulated perspective, the see cobs mm -hmm. and other vehicles, but that's a way so you can minimize the wealth tax exposure. Right. Unfortunately, they may be prefix from a U.S. point of view for those who may be U.S. exposed. But what about the asset protection side? What what typical structures do you have, or do you would you recommend, and would you work with your clients in terms of asset protection? Yes. Well, I mean, again, we still find that sometimes. I mean, we do see, and especially with Latin Americans and North mm -hmm. Americans, they still want to have their asset protected within the, the yeah. U.S. They have Latin American would still want to have some. I mean, I do feel that that we Spain works in the common market, the European Union. So sometimes you feel, well, mm -hmm. if you don't trust Spain, I'd rather have it in Luxembourg and Switzerland. That's yeah. the work. That's no, there's mm -hmm. no issue. We have no limitation assets abroad. I mean, you might have heard that there is an additional reporting for foreign assets. So, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that that's something that just an additional reporting. But other than that, and as I said, I would be fine working through a trust structure for a mm -hmm. pure asset protection, right? Mm -hmm. Or succession planning. Again, mm -hmm. what I've seen is that, for example, a U.S. person, I came in, if you do a BBI trust, Cayman Trust, mm -hmm. Bermuda mm -hmm. Trust, Bahama Trust, that could mm -hmm. be seen as a more uh, aggressive, abusive. I think there's ways to explain it. You can be fully transparent, disclose that. That's fine. As, as I said, U.S. trust would work perfectly. So again, mm -hmm. what would we do? We have full disclosure of the trust. Okay, the trust, I have a trust for succession planning, but for mm -hmm. tax purposes, I'm allocating mm -hmm. directly the income right. that I have in the trust. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I want to set mm -hmm. up a blocker entity because I don't want to have the U.S. state tax problem. That's fine. Mm -hmm. We were going to do the full disclosure of the tax mm -hmm. transparent vehicle, and that's fine. And again, mm -hmm. I mean, there is full flexibility. And, and, and as you said, risk, Allocation is in, is 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 different for every client. So mm -hmm. we are there's ways that you can accommodate to that. And people, as you said, mm -hmm. they trust U.S., they trust Switzerland, they don't trust Spain, they don't trust Latin America. And they, this changes again. That, yeah. That's that mm -hmm. how we could work around that. And and I think mm -hmm. that's that's pretty flexible. We are in a safe environment from a European perspective. As you know, mm -hmm. there's a a minimum one hundred thousand a protection on any asset within the European Union. Every bank that you have in a in a deposit is is protected mm -hmm. within the European mm -hmm. Union. So I mean, sometimes right now in Spain you have higher, a, you have people are putting a hundred thousand in Spain. They're putting a hundred thousand in a Lithuanian bank mm -hmm. because it has higher yield just because yeah. there's a higher risk. But at the end of the day, yeah. the mm -hmm. European Union is protecting up to a hundred thousand in any bank around the European Union. So that's where now we have different products that people are investing. Mm -hmm. Again, weird investments in, in Lithuania or someplace or Bulgaria because that mm -hmm. they have a higher yield of investment. So again, mm -hmm. the, the, the risk is free, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in a way. Okay. And, and speaking of neighboring uh, European jurisdictions, obviously you would have heard that the government in Portugal intends to get rid of their NHR, non habitual residence program. I would imagine that this, you know, everyone in, in Spain is doing like this. Yeah, okay, come on over, right? 
is is that what you 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 think will, would happen? What is your 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 perception or your thoughts on the impact of what's happening in Portugal? Yes, I mean there has been also some mentions here. I mean I think that the mm -hmm. Portugal has had really specific focus on the fact that the real estate properties have gone really high. And I mean, I can say Portugal is really centralized probably in the Cascais, Estoril, or in the South. Yeah. So, and it's a smaller market that's attracted mm -hmm. a lot of impact, a lot of special regime. So I think it, it did make a negative impact on the local market, or that's how I think locally is seen by the left wing, because we're, right. I mean, it was always seen as we're bringing all these rich people are raising the prices, are raising the properties, are raising, which eventually was good because it's an investment. But at the end of the day, it's making the standard of living for normal Portuguese higher. I don't think we've ever had that perception in Spain just because mm -hmm. I guess our coast is bigger. We have a bigger yeah. market and, mm -hmm. and we haven't seen the price. I mean, you do see that there's a lot of Latin Americans, a lot of Chinese, a lot of American, but in, in a 50 million um, individual country, mm -hmm. it's not that big and Portugal has mm -hmm. become a, a really important share of, of what's the total market of 11 million of Portuguese and mm -hmm. and again the fact that as you see nowadays any politician is looking at any tax measure as a social point of view and again mm -hmm. we've always had the Beckham law and even the mm -hmm. incorrectly named Beckham which I'm I'm reluctant because no one ever called it Beckham it just was approved when the Beckham yeah. when Beckham was hired from from Manchester yeah. to Real Madrid but again, yeah. we've always seen to attract capital, attract high qualifying. Now, I mean, let me say high net worth individuals are not able to benefit to retire. Sportsmen, sports persons are not able to benefit from that anymore. And it's mm -hmm. really allocated to high quality individuals, high qualified investment. Obviously, mm -hmm. it has allowed other people to benefit from it. But mm -hmm. and again, I say a, a proof of this is that it have been that the tax regime has been improved as part mm -hmm. of this this new regime applying from 2023 within mm -hmm. attracting, as you said, the nomad visa that the, which is within approving an entrepreneur's law and a startup law. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. it was improved, and now you can set up your own company and come here. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. again, I I don't see it going away. Mm -hmm. I don't think the impact is that much. And it's, it's, it is a way of attracting high capital. I know everyone sees that high net worth individuals going to, but you are attracting people that are setting up businesses. That's the intention mm -hmm. of the law. I mean, mm -hmm. it's high qualified employees moving to Spain uh, now in the nomad, in the digital era. So people are mm -hmm. coming here to work for Amazon in mm -hmm. California and they're working from here. And they're just mm -hmm. paying a 40, instead of paying 40, 50%, you're paying California, you're paying... You're you're paying twenty four percent flat tax. It's only for four mm -hmm. years, and it's capped at six hundred thousand. So again, mm -hmm. if you have people making five million, you're still mm -hmm. going to be paying the forty five percent tax. So I don't think it has that negative press that mm -hmm. I've seen think about in Portugal. So if you ask me, I don't think it's going to go away. It's going to mm -hmm. it's here to stay, mm -hmm. and I don't think we have a negative view within Spain that it's it's having a negative impact to. To us, they've made changes through the years. They took a sportsman, mm -hmm. where again, sports people were paying less taxes than normal employees. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, again, mm -hmm. just so you have the awareness, forty-five. The the tax rate is already forty-five for anyone making over sixty thousand euros. So we do. I mean, the higher 48, 50 percent mm -hmm. goes from three hundred thousand. But in Madrid, for example, anyone making more than sixty thousand. Is paying 43%. In other regions, 45. So people with average salaries with between 60 and 150,000, which is the 
mid high class in Spain already, they're paying mm -hmm. th that high yield. Mm -hmm. So that that's not something that 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 it's 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 really hitting the the Spanish system, in a way. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. That's good to know. Jose, thank you so much for your time and providing your insights. If someone wanted to find you and reach out to you, what's the best way to reach you? I mean, I, I mean obviously I could share. I don't know if, I mean, my email, you can look me up online, Jose Aguilar Shea in Square Pad and Box. My full details are in our webpage. Obviously, mm -hmm. happy to share my email, but obviously mm -hmm. you can always find my my name and number in Square Pad and Box Madrid and, and obviously happy to assist. And, and, and if they have any questions, we have our mm -hmm. contacts. Of course, Darren, mm -hmm. happy to yeah. work together or to in, in any case mm -hmm. with clients or try to give it that first call and advice mm -hmm. on whatever they need. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Pleasure to everyone. Happy to help. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Take care, Darren. Bye bye. All right. Off. All right. So we're good. Appreciate it. So I'll it'll be up in in a few weeks, and we'll tag you on LinkedIn so you can see it. Perfect. Yeah. Send it through. Now, good work <laughs> with you, Darren. Look forward to seeing you again. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.